There's no place that's too dark or too unholy, and there's no person that's too far gone for the Lord. And, and so because of that, because the His presence and the presence of His love and His authority were with us, we believed what we read to be true, and it was that which led us to find a church which was a Bible-teaching and believing church. Hey, welcome to the Decision Point Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point. And hey, welcome to episode 10. I mean, what an exciting journey we've been on together as we're looking to be a generation of leaders who will stand for Christ, live for Christ, witness for Christ, and follow him no matter the cost, uh, because we believe Jesus is worth it. And listen, hey, if you're new, uh, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today. Uh, whether you're just tuning in for the first time or a friend sent this to you, we're just thrilled that you're here because we're going to be talking about some important topics, some weighty topics, and some liberating topics because we're here today to talk about how Jesus can set us free. And to help us with that, my good friend Patty Height is with us. Uh, Patty, welcome to the program. So glad to have you. I love being here. Thank you so much for the invite, Mark. And I love the ministry of Decision Point. So it is my humble pleasure to be here joining you today. Well, we're huge fans of yours. And Patty, uh, like we're talking, it is Set Free Month across America as Decision Point students are bringing to their public high school and middle school campuses the, the life-changing truth that only Jesus can set us free from the uh, penalty of sin, uh, the power of sin, and one day from the presence of all sin altogether, which is just hard for us even to imagine here on earth. Uh, Patty, as you think about this theme, set free, I mean, what gets you fired up about that? And maybe just dr bring us into your own story. How does that connect with your story? I love the topic of freedom because uh, as the Bible tells us, it's actually the truth that sets us free. And Amen. I love living in biblical truth now because before I lived in biblical truth, I lived in my own truth. So I guess what I'm saying is because I didn't know the truth, I made up my own truth because those are the only two options, living in the truth of of the Bible and who God says he is or living in your own truth. And when I was living in my own truth, I thought that was freedom until I met the true truth, <laughs> which is Jesus Christ himself, because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so coming to, to the realization of that, knowing that Jesus is the way, that he brought me to his truth, now I get to fully live life as he created me to be and to live in, and there's no greater pleasure that I have in that life now. Amen. Well, Patty, we got some big topics we're going to get to today, but I'd love for just students listening to first get to know your story. I mean, you are a sold-out follower of Jesus today, but that wasn't always what your life was looking like. Tell us what was life looking like for you as you were growing up? Well, because I didn't know the truth and making up my own truth, what I thought my truth was, which was actually a lie, was born this way. And let me explain that. When I was uh, little, I, I thought I was a boy. More than just doing a lot of the boy typical boy things, I 
uh, kind of in the deepest parts of of who I thought myself to be. I, I thought I was a boy. And then as I reached the age, you know, five, six years old to, to realize I wasn't a boy, I became very confused in that confusion that then led to anger. And I didn't know what to do with the confusion and the anger. I tried to express that to my parents. They didn't really know what to do with it. I had no one to turn to. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so to speak. I kind of knew who God was, but not really that much. I mean, I knew what Christmas and Easter were, right? Uh, but that's about it. And so because I didn't know that I could turn to the Lord and sit with him in prayer and sit with him in the word of God in, in the Bible and look for the deep uh, answers to the deep pain and confusion I was in, I turned to my own devices and that was self-injury, drugs and alcohol, and then eventually a, a gay and masculine presenting identity. It's a, you had a lot of stuff going on at, at a young age, and um, it's hard to imagine what that was like growing up. Um, so how did you go from there, Patty, to becoming a follower of Jesus? Can you help connect the dots? With keep, we'd love to hear the rest of your story. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, Mark, because it, w- it was years of circumstances and years of, of pain, uh, years of abuse, and years of confusion that led me to my own self-identity. And so in that, it's understandable that I had the identity that I did before Christ, but the Lord loves us so much that he doesn't leave us in those places of pain and confusion and self-identity because he wants us to come to our full true identity in him. And so I had a couple of painful, really painful experiences in Mm -hmm. my life that led me to drop to my knees and cry out, to God to ask him if he was real. And, and one of them was uh, actually 9-11. I was a flight attendant for United Airlines at the time. And I so was my girlfriend that I had at the time. Mm. And we were both home on that day watching all of that uh, terrorism and death transpire. And it was very scary for us because it was it was the place that we worked. I mean, that could have been our flights that day. So, you know, that was, that was very difficult, you know, and when you don't know the Lord, it's, it's who do you turn to in your time of pain and need? And I had fear, I had need. And so I found myself, you know, at the bar with other, you know, lesbians and gay people trying to, to drink away our pain and confusion. And that obviously didn't work. And then just a few months after that, my only brother, Larry, was diagnosed with lung cancer and he was very sick. So now there's fear and pain and confusion and sickness. And uh, in that time of of getting on airplanes, afraid that I might be the next airplane that crashes into a building. And then on my days off, I would go see my brother, who I watched his body start to deteriorate from the cancer. Um, one of the times I went to visit him, he told me that uh, his neighbor across the street was bringing his Bible over and reading through these things called the Gospels that talk about Jesus, you know? And and so even though I saw the cancer killing my brother's body, I saw life come alive, like this new life in him that I'd never seen before. But then just a few months after that, he passed away. And so it was too much, too much for my heart, for my emotions to handle. So... um, at one point, both my girlfriend and I just 
asked each other simultaneously, which is a miracle, if we thought the way we were living in this lesbian relationship was wrong. And so we just dropped to our knees and said, God, if you're real, will you show us? And if the way we're living is wrong, show us. And then because I saw my brother with a Bible and he was telling me about these things called the Gospels, we grabbed a Bible out of a box that we had, you know, stowed away in the attic and and came and, and just started flipping through the pages. We didn't even know where the Gospels were in the Bible. So we flipped through the pages and as God would have it, when we stopped and point our finger, pointed our finger in the Bible, it happened to land on Leviticus 18.22, which says, and you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And then shortly after that, we wanted to know if the Bible said anything about women being together. And we were directed through a friend at work that was a Christian to Romans chapter one, verses 26 and, and 27. And if, if you'll allow me a moment, Mark, I'll, yeah, I'll read. Yeah, please so do. So Romans, uh, uh, Romans is a book that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to uh, believers in Rome. And um, it's really interesting because I find Romans chapter one really coincides with Genesis chapter one, two, and three. It, it's uh, beautiful. If any of you guys listening want to do a study of, of Genesis one, two, and three in Romans one, um, it's it's do a deep dive in it. It's really cool. But but basically what Romans one is uh, when you get to verse 18, it's just saying, you know, you know, God is revealed and he's revealing the unrighteousness of men. And since creation, God's God's attributes are clearly seen. So we don't have an excuse to say there is no God. Just, you know, if you have the ability to see, open your eyes and see everything you see was created by God. And so uh, man understands this, but then man became futile in their own thoughts and, and started worshiping themselves instead of worshiping God. And in verse 24 of Romans 1, it says, Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So here we go. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature, meaning self, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And these are the two verses that really caught my then girlfriend and myself at that time. Verse 26 of Romans 1. For this reason, so what I just read, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, so that word's keeping the, the uh, flow of thought going, Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. So it was very clear, uh, you know, in, in black and white uh, on the words of this holy, holy book that women being with women and men being with men is unnatural and sinful. And it's actually a type of self-worship instead of the the holy righteous kind of of um of uh, intimacy sexual intimacy that god has called us to which we find in genesis chapter 1 and 2 and then what happens don't follow that in genesis chapter 3 yeah so so you so you find that and how do you respond i mean are you just are you offended and you throw the book in the trash what i mean what what are you feeling as you read that no, we weren't offended at all. It's like light bulbs started going off because we'd we'd seen signs that supposed Christians held up at pride parades 
you know, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, or, you know, homos will burn in hell, like these horrendous, horrendous signs from what we perceive to be Christians. And sometimes we would see, you know, LEV 18 colon 22 or ROM for Romans 1 colon 26 and 27, but we had no idea what that meant. But but that wasn't coming to us in love. It was coming to us in, in what seemed to be anger. Because First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. So, but when God gave us his truth, because the Holy Spirit was so present with us, because the Bible also tells us that there's no place we can flee from God's presence. And even though, you know, some might see our our home, our gay abode, you know, our lesbian household as a as a place of darkness, maybe. That same Psalm, which is Psalm 139, that says there's no place we can flee from God's presence. That same Psalm says that the darkness and the light are the same to God. There, there's, there's no place that's too dark or too unholy, and there's no person that's too far gone for the Lord. And, and so because of that, because the, his presence and the presence of his love and his authority were with us. We believed what we read to be true. And it was that which led us to find a church, which was a Bible teaching and believing church, which led us to that place of repentance and believing and receiving the free gift of salvation through Christ Jesus. Well, that is amazing, Patty. Um, so then, okay, so then what, so then what changed? So you come and you you start becoming a follower of Jesus, and then what happens everything, next? Everything changed. I mean, we literally, uh, my girlfriend at the time, we walked in as lovers and left as sisters in Christ. We walked in with a gay identity and left with a Christ identity. And Amen. I mean, uh, what 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 believing, what repenting, and believing and receiving the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ means is that we go from from being dead spiritually to being alive in Christ. We become new creations in Christ Jesus. So now I was awakened spiritually to not just the truth, but of like my life was sinful, but but awakened to the who the truth was, awakened to who Christ Jesus was. And so now that um, I had the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me because Ephesians chapter one, I believe it is, says that once we believed, we're, we believe we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so it's the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us in all truth. And so now I'm able to receive the truth of who God is. And, and, and I started reading the word of God, like I devoured the word of God when I got saved. And so everything was just, it's almost like, I don't know. There used to be a commercial out years ago during allergy season that like uh, the, the person in the commercial was seeing everything blurry. And then they took this like allergy pill and and like this screen was lifted over their off of their eyes and they're seeing everything clearly now. That's what it was like for me. I'm like, wow, is that what this guy looks like? Is that what mountains look like? Is that really what green looks like? Because it's I had like brand new eyes. I, I truly was blind. And then I was able to see. And so when you ask what changed, I am being 100% sincere when I say everything changed. That is amazing. 
Well, Patty, thanks for catching us up on your story. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to ask you to uh, dig deep into this set-free theme and help us unpack what does it mean that only Jesus can set us free. And hey, friends, if you're just checking this out and you're hearing Patty's story for the first time and you're like, I don't know about that, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're not going to want to miss what she has to share next. It's Heather. What if you could spend one week this summer with like-minded students that love Jesus and together want to reach this generation with the gospel? I want to invite you to join us for Decision Point's Student Leader Conference 2024. Come be equipped to live, stand, and witness, and even endure for Christ in your everyday life. We'll be there in Denver, Colorado this summer, July 15th to the 19th. Students, youth pastors, and leaders will gather from across the country to worship the Lord, be trained up, prayed up, and then go back to reach their schools and generation with the gospel. Dynamic guest speakers will equip you in your faith. We'll talk apologetics. You'll hear from culturally relevant speakers that don't shy away from a biblical worldview, equipping you in even hard conversations you may face today. Come be trained in your leadership hear how to reach your school and peers for Christ and grow in your evangelism as we get to go downtown witnessing in Denver. You'll get to meet like-minded believers that will encourage you and even build lasting friendship. You'll have unforgettable memories and truly it is a week that can change everything. I can't wait to be at SLC 2024 with students like you from across the nation. So what are you waiting for? Go register today slc2024.org. Tell your youth pastor about it. Come with a group of students from your youth group or Christian club and register today at slc2024.org. That's slc2024.org. Hey, well, welcome back. Uh, we're so excited to have Patty Height here with us, and we today are talking about set free because we believe that only Jesus can set us free from our sin, and we believe that Jesus can set us free from the penalty of our sin and the power of our sin, and one day from the presence of all sin and even suffering. But Patty, we'd love for you to help us dig deep into this. We talk about being set free from the penalty of sin. Can you unpack for students, maybe who are even hearing it for the first time, that there is such a thing uh, of a penalty of sin, and how does Jesus set us free from that? Yes. And and so uh, uh, as you asked what changed, and I said, everything changed. With that, the I was no longer bound to the pen of penalty of sin, but my my body and my brain, I still had memories of, of you know, because I didn't get saved until I was older. So I had a lot of years of, of memories of that uh, uh, sinful life still being under the penalty of sin. So what 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 happens after we get saved and we're freed from the penalty of sin, then comes the sanctification process which is some of the most exciting and excruciating part of, of our walk. And I think sometimes people think that once we get saved, everything's just going to become easy and, and um, you know, like there's just, you know, flowers floating around our, our head all the time. And that's not necessarily what the gospel is. We're freed from the penalty of sin. We go from death to life. And then we get to walk in that freedom and it's a process. And so, so what we learn in the Bible in, 
in Romans chapter three, verses 23 and 24, it says, for all, that means everybody, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, because God is perfect in his holiness. And when we're in that sin, we there's a break of communion with God. And when he sets us free in Christ Jesus, we're, we're freed from that penalty of sin so we can be in beautiful communion with, with the Lord. And so it says that that we've all fallen, fallen, fallen short of the glory of God, but we're being justified freely by his grace through the redemption of Christ Jesus. And we've been set free by faith through grace so that we can believe. And then John chapter five, verse 24 says, most assuredly, Jesus speaking says, most assuredly, I say to you, who, who he who hears and believes in him who sent me, meaning the father has everlasting life. And listen to this and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. So when we're justified in Christ Jesus, here's here's a, a quick little quip to, to help you remember. You can stick it in your pocket. When we're justified in Christ Jesus, it's just as if I'd never sinned. So justified, just as if I'd never right. sinned. And 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 it's it's such a beautiful thing. And then when, like I said, when we're in Christ Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And so listen to to what Jesus says um, in the Gospel of John in, in chapter 16, starting in verse eight. This is what Jesus says, says. And when he has come, meaning the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So when Jesus says that, that, that he convicts the world of sin, that sin, meaning, and also in John chapter one, John the Baptist, when Jesus is coming on the scene says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, not plural, not sins, and the sin of the world, the sin we all come to the table with is the sin of unbelief. So it's not the sin of homosexuality or the sin of heterosexuality and fornication. When, when we come to Jesus, we come from, we all come up from a place of unbelief to a place of believing in him. So the cross is equal ground for everyone. So if if there's someone that's listening that you think your sin or the things that you've done sinfully are too much for for redemption, that is a lie. That's that's the enemy of our souls who we identify as Satan. That's the enemy lying to you. Please if there's anyone listening that thinks that they've done something too horrendous to come to the cross, please don't believe that. Go from the unbelief of not believing in Jesus to belief in Jesus Christ and everything will change for you as well. Then that sanctification process through the power of the Holy Spirit will start in your life. And again, it might not be easy, but you'll have the Holy Spirit. And if you can find other uh, believers at your school or find a church, a really good Bible believing church, you won't have to walk through that sanctifica sanctification process alone. They'll be the body of Christ walking with you. 
let's dig deeper into that last part, uh, Patty. So we're talking about penalty. We're not talking about being set free from the power of sin. Can you, I guess, maybe first help students think about what Jesus says, you know, when Jesus says in John chapter eight, that the one who sins is actually a slave of sin. What, what does that mean for somebody that maybe is hearing that for the first time? And how does coming to Jesus help us become free from the power that sin actually has over their life? Well, well, for me, uh, and since we're, we're talking about sexual and gender identity and being set free in, in that sense, for me, the the my bondage was the lie and and deception that I could have. I could identify in my own identity. I could have a self identity, but Jesus sets us free from deception. So it's the truth that sets us free, right? Free from the deception that the enemy gives us. And I just want to ask you right now, whoever's listening take a moment, take a pause and just ask God to show you what deception am I believing? What deception about myself? What lie about myself am I believing or have I been led to believe? And it, it does say in, in John chapter eight, that in, in verse 32, Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And that truth is in Christ Jesus. So in verse 36, Jesus says, therefore, if the son being Jesus makes you free, you shall be free indeed. But, but the thing about being free is you have to understand that when we come to that place of freedom, it means that we were once in a place of bondage. So we were all once in a place of bondage and it might simply be the bondage of unbelief, but it also, for me, it was the bondage of sexuality, the bondage of of uh, a masculine presenting and believing that I was masculine identity, but I was set free from that lie so that I could start walking out um, what it looked like to walk from the lie in the truth. Cause it's always, it's a continual process of walking in the truth because once I got set free in Christ Jesus, it's not like the enemy you know, washed his hands of me and said, ah, enough with you. I can't touch you now. No, the enemy comes hard after us uh, when we walk in the truth because he's he's trying to bring us back to a place of bondage, even though we're set free to make us uncomfortable in our walk with the Lord. It's like the enemy's job is to make us uncomfortable in our walk with the Lord, but but it's it's the truth that sets us free. And John chapter eight also talks, Jesus is talking to religious believers that that were still believing in in the law and and he says in verse 44 when he's speaking to uh those leaders in that time were called the pharisees um they thought that they were good to go because they were believing their their father abraham and believing in the law but jesus says speaking to them you are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do he being the devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. It doesn't say he doesn't know the truth. It says he doesn't stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, or in another version, it says he speaks his own native language, for he's a liar and the father of it. So 
we we come to a place to where we're either believing lies, which is coming from the the father of lies, or we believe the truth, which is the father, son, and Holy Spirit. And, and um, we we walk that out and live that out. That's such a great passage, because I mean, this this message of being set free from the power of sin is so contrary to what the world tells us and what the devil tells us. I mean, the devil wants to say, and the world wants to say, the way you find freedom is you do you. Or like you said at the beginning, now you live your truth and whatever you want to do, be, whatever you want to do, whoever you want to be, you, you do that, you follow your heart, you know, and that's freedom. And Jesus says, no, that's death and that's slavery. And the way to find true freedom is actually to come to Jesus and to find the author of life who made you and actually submit to living life his way and realize that, wait a minute, I've never been freer in my entire life, you know? So what a great message. Okay, then the last part that we're talking about was set free, the power of sin, sorry, the penalty of sin, the power of sin. And then we're talking about being set free from the presence of sin. We're, we're, we got a message that students are bringing to their campus. It's called the hope of heaven. We're, mm. we're just reminding students that eternity is on the line and there is a place called heaven and there is a place called hell. And for those who haven't trusted Christ as their savior, we will, that we will spend eternity in hell receiving the penalty of their sins. But for those who trust in Christ, I mean, there's a hope of heaven where there's no more sin, there's no more suffering, there's no more disease, there's no more dying. Uh, and all every Bible says every tear will be wiped away. I mean, I look forward to the day where I won't have to worry about temptations of my own heart. It, it'll all just be gone. I guess, Patty, as you think about the hope of heaven and being free from the presence of sin someday, I mean, what excites you about that? Like, I'm ready to jump out of my, my chair right now talking about this. And and listen, you guys, uh, again, to our listeners, uh, go to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever app you use for your music and listen to Phil Wickham's Hymn of Heaven. Oh, man, such a good song. But But let's use God's word to talk about what what we're talking about now from, from being sin, uh, free from the, uh, presence of sin. It's first Peter chapter one, and I'll start in verse three. This is some of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is for us as believers. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, listen to this, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So that's our future. That is a guaranteed promise of our future, but then it continues and it talks a little bit about what happens during our, our present time. So that frees us from the, the presence or, or of, of sin, but now in the present time, this is what we experience. So it's ready to be revealed in the last time. And then it continues in verse six, in this you greatly rejoice, though, <laughs> that's a big though, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials so that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, 
may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him yet believing, I love this part, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So our faith is only for now. We don't have faith in heaven. Our faith is now. We we see face to face when we're in heaven. And here in First Peter it says we don't we don't see him, but we believe, and that belief in him brings this joy that's inexpressible. So walk, even though this it's hard and we live in some crazy days and our culture is all over the place with sexuality and gender, hold true to your to your faith because this is the only chance you get on this side of heaven. It's the only time we get to experience our faith and faith is a beautiful thing, but our eternity is beautiful as well because then it's incorruptible and it's undefiled and it's reserved in heaven for us. That is a great word. Well, Patty, we want to talk about some of the trials in just a second. But again, for anybody who's watching this, who's never trusted in Jesus Christ, I mean, our message is just as simple as this, that Jesus died for you and he rose again. Uh, to take the, and he died to take the penalty for our sin. He rose again to set us free from death and from hell and from the power that sins hold, hold over our lives and that we can just trust in Christ today and turn to him, believe in him, and receive his gift of salvation. So if you've never made that decision before in your life, anyone listening, we would encourage you to do that today. And you can check out some resources in the show notes below to help you with that as well. Patty, we also want to talk to young people who do follow Christ. Uh, you talked about some of the trials and the challenges, and it's hard for me to believe this, except I know the way our world actually is on this front, uh, and that's that um, you you face some real pushback when you share your story, don't you? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's interesting that I, I received pushback when, when I was part of the LGBT plus community. It feels like I was, it, now this was my perception, this isn't how it was by every Christian, but it seemed as if Christians hated me. And, and, but that again was my perception, um, just through some very limited experiences that I had with Christians. And then as a person who is in Christ Jesus, as, as a saved believer in Christ, now I'm seemingly hated by the LGBT community. But what's interesting is that I'm getting some pushback, even from those within the church who in, in the church believe that you can still have a gay identity and be a Christian. So, so I feel like uh, I'm having to, to kind of teach the church a little bit on, you know, there is no such thing as a homosexual orientation or particular gender orientation or gender-free orientation. There is nothing biblical about that. And scientifically, it's proven over and over again through multiple studies throughout the years that there's no gay gene and such. So, so it's to carry that gay identity and say that, you know, I'm, I'm an active gay Christian and God has blessed homosexual behavior. That is a lie. Or to say I'm a celibate gay Christian, but I still carry the identity because of my same sex attraction. I believe that, uh, that limits the power of God That's right. for freedom in that. So I think both are, are, one is absolutely sinful and one is just dangerous. And we're finding that in our churches. So I'm getting pushback from the world and now from some churches, 
But I'm going to tell you, Mark, I, I'm not letting that stop me, even though sometimes it feels very crippling. And sometimes it it feels, um, man, it hits my emotions, right? Because it's like, wait, I'm just here to share my story and share about the, the freedom that comes in Christ Jesus, even when it's a difficult walk. Um, and, and so I, I, as I don't give up, I just encourage you as, as other believers, don't give up. It tells us in, I can't remember if it's first or second Timothy, but it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so keep fighting the good fight of faith. It's worth it because people are worth it. And, and when we bring truth to someone and there's pushback from that, that that is difficult as it is that's okay because it's the truth that sets people free we come with as jesus did with both grace being filled with both grace and truth hopefully we come in very graciously when we share the truth but grace shows the love of god and so that brings us to a a place of 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 peace in our hearts but the truth is what sets us free so we as believers need to bring both to people so that they can come and be set free in Christ Jesus as, as we have been. That's a great word. Well, Patty, it's probably a good place to end it, uh, but you have so much more to offer. Uh, we recorded your story. You were kind of to come into our studio and share in a, in a professional quality video. We're going to drop that in the show notes. Uh, so students, we encourage you to check that out and either share this podcast with a friend or share that video with a friend. But Patty, how can people learn more about your ministry and resources that you have available? Yes, I have a website, outofegyptministries.org, that has various videos on it, including the videos that I made with your ministry because they are nicely, nicely made. So I appreciate that. But there's also... Uh, resources for those who maybe want to have some one-on-one -on -one counseling. I don't do that in my ministry. I, I, I serve the Lord from a speaking platform, but I do understand there's people that do want to have some more of that intimate one-on-one. -on -one. So under resources on the second page, I have, I have ministries that provide that. I also have um, varying ministries listed that could be helpful for parents. So if, if you as a student or a young person know that your parents want to learn more and have questions, please direct them to outofegyptministries.org as well, and they can go and, and be equipped through some of these varying ministries as well. And then you do a lot of speaking. If people wanted to contact you about that, how do they do that? Yes, same website. Just go to the booking icon and fill that out. That'll go to my admin. And if you need prayer, there's also a prayer icon. I have a prayer team that prays every other week for folks that fill out uh, that prayer request. And then after like two months, uh, they rotate. So they're not always praying for the same people. There's about 30 women and they just rotate through all those names and Every other week, pray pray for those who have been asking for prayer concerning LGBT issues. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Patty, for being here. Thanks for your amazing ministry and the, the friendship that you've shown to Decision Point and our students around the country. And thanks so much for taking time to come on the show today. It's been great to have you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Let's keep let's keep going and doing this ministry together as God would have it. Amen. Let's do that. And friends, uh, make sure you share this episode with a friend. Hey, uh, and follow, rate, review. That'll help spread the word to more people and to help make sure you don't miss an episode. Make sure you follow us and then join us next week. We're 
we're joined by Dr. Bill Thrasher. Bill is one of the longest standing professors at Moody Bible Institute and has trained thousands of pastors around the country uh, through his ministry at Moody Bible Institute. And he's gonna come talk to us, uh, talk with us about how we can be men and women of prayer. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. We'll see you next time.